Welcome to another exciting episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I get a chance to sit down with Pro Football Hall of Famer, the legendary Morton Anderson, to talk about his career as well as his experience playing for the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Also, in our Chiefs Wire roundtable, Talon Graff and Mitch Carney take their shot at picking the top 10 offensive plays of the 2019 season. But first, we start off as always with Charles Goman, the managing editor of the Chiefs Wire. Hey, Charles, I thought we start things off by uh, asking you about this past week's SB Awards. What are your thoughts on the Chiefs not being eligible to win best team this year, as well as the honor given to Andy Reid for this past season? I love that Andy Reid was honored at the ESPYs. I mean, you talk to anyone, and I mean anyone, like people at BYU, people in El Paso, people in Green Bay, people in Philadelphia, people in Kansas City. Heck, I mean, even my mailman out here in central Illinois was happy to see Andy Reid win a Super Bowl. He's not just this legendary NFL head coach, but he's also a legendary person. He's got real character, and he's someone that that everyone can root for, and they're happy when they see him succeed. So uh, I'm I'm glad that he was able to be recognized in some way beyond just winning the Super Bowl, but being recognized for you know his great career, and then having it all kind of culminate culminate with this uh, the Super Bowl win. That that was really cool. Um, would I like to have seen him get the Coach of the Year award or see the Chiefs get honored as the best team? Uh, at the ESPYs, absolutely, but I can appreciate the changes they made to the show this year, uh, given the coronavirus pandemic. Obviously, other leagues had their seasons suspended, so it's hard to give out all these awards when everyone's not on that equal playing field. I get it, but I think they did like a really good job of highlighting some other things and some other cool moments and some people who are really worthy of recognition, and, and one of those, of course, was Andy Reid. And there have been a lot of discussions lately, but what are your thoughts on Jamal Adams possibly being considered by the Chiefs? No, they they shouldn't entertain an offer uh, for Jamal Adams. I mean, if the Jets called them up and were giving Adams away, they should listen. But the Jets aren't doing that. Here's the thing. Safety isn't exactly a position of need in Kansas City. Uh, Could you find a role for Jamal Adams in the defense? Absolutely. And he would be phenomenal. But is he making enough of a difference on this team that he's worth a first round pick? Maybe even multiple first round picks? Because you have to remember, Adams was taking four picks prior to Patrick Mahomes in 2017. The Jets value him very highly. So they're not just going to give him away. And they don't really seem motivated to trade Adams right now. I really don't think given the current climate surrounding the coronavirus pandemic that you're really going to see any teams go out and trade for a lot of players unless it's absolutely necessary for a team. Obviously, there's a big injury or something happens and a team is is struggling at a certain position group. I think you'll see a trade, but I just don't see teams going out there all willy-nilly and just making a trade to try and get better because it's going to be hard enough getting your own guys that you have right now prepared for the season in such a short amount of time. So making a big blockbuster trade, I don't know that you're going to see that same return that you would um, typically in a regular type of scenario uh, in the off season. So, I mean, fans might be expecting and waiting for, for Veach to, to come out and make one of his signature trades, but I'm just not sure that that's going to happen this season. And as always, Charles, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? We have another pair of uh, our undrafted free agent spotlights up. This time we have uh, Missouri S&T's Tershawn Wharton and the University of Missouri's offensive tackle Yasir Durant. So uh, a pair of interesting undrafted free agents, one from a big SEC school and another from a Division II school. So that's kind of an interesting little contrast there. Earlier in the week, I, I took a, a look at five free agents who are still out there that I thought could could really make an impact with the Chiefs. We'll, we'll see if things, when things open up and the team facility allows for workouts to happen, maybe we'll see some more free agent signings in the future. There's also some news on Patrick Mahomes and LeBron James teaming up to combat voter suppression. So we have some, some good stuff out there right now. 
And in the future, uh, we'll have some cool things coming. One one thing that I'm excited about, we have a, a network-wide project that I've been working on for a few months that um, it's supposed to launch at the end of the month. But I'm excited to share it with you guys. I can't really tease too much about it right now. But I think the folks from Kansas and Missouri, you'll have a lot of fun with it. But anyways, thank you guys so much for, for listening. And uh, go Chiefs. For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. Chiefs Wire Podcast, we are back once again. It is the weekly roundtable, and I have Mitch Carney alongside Talon Graf as usual. Guys, how's it going? It is going well, my friend. Going good. All right. So since this is the offseason and we're still recapping the uh, Super Bowl victory by the Chiefs, how about we break down the top 10 offensive moments from the past season? And instead of just, you know, going off the list that the team put out already, I want you guys to give your own rankings without actually knowing the official lineup from the Chiefs. So what I'm going to do is go down the actual list, and you guys already have a, a copy of it, but you don't have a particular order. And I'm just curious to see how you have them all ranked out. So just to get it all started, Mitch, I'm going to let you go first. I don't know if you have your list uh, to your liking at this point. I, I'm ready to go. All right. So uh, my number 10, which is my, you know, my least favorite of the season, was the uh, Damian Williams 91-yard uh, yard run versus the Vikings. Uh, it was a good play. Um, you know, it was in, during a pivotal moment of the game, and, you know, it definitely mattered. Um, just compared to the rest of the other plays you showed me, it just didn't have that, you know, that wow factor as much as the other plays. So that's why I have it at number 10. Okay, that's fair. I like that. It's a good number 10. Um, Damian Williams, obviously, you know, big year. Um, it, was a, it was a big run. I, I, mm, number 10, I can see it going there. But when you see the rest of the list, I think you might want to switch it around. But I'm curious to see how you went with number nine on this. Can I go ahead and get my nine? Yeah, go right ahead. Okay, so for number nine, I have the Demarcus Robinson one-handed catch versus the Ravens. Like, uh, like kind of like I said against the, with the Damian Williams run, it was a very good play. You know, it's definitely a highlight. But, uh, you know, it just didn't have that, you know, that pivotal moment in the season for me. Uh, I mean, it was a great play by him. It just shows how much uh, – like how deep the, uh, the Chiefs wide receiver group is. But uh, I had them at number nine. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. What you got, number eight? Number eight, I have the hook lateral play by Travis Kelsey to – uh, LaShawn McCoy, kind of like the other two. It was a great play. You know, it was early on in the season on with this guy. But uh, I had it at number eight. I definitely went more of, uh, you know, if you look farther down my list, I kind of put, like, like the big highlight, highlight plays near the bottom and more, like, meaningful moments near the, near the top of the list. So that's why I have all these plays where it's just, like, highlights. You know, it, like, it wasn't very – it was impactful on the season, but like these plays probably be, probably could have won the games without them still. Okay, I like that. I like the thinking on that. You went for if it's just for flash, it doesn't really matter in regards to it being in, in terms of importance. You yeah, just the that's, flash. What, that's ex- exactly kind of what I was going for. Like these are really great flashy plays, but like the impact it had on me on the season wasn't as big as some of these ones that are coming up. All right, that sounds good. Uh, what do you have for number seven? Number seven, I have the Mahomes jump pass to Hardman. Kind of keep going with, like, these flash plays. It was a great play. Uh, you know, we ended up losing that game. You know, it just shows, like, how athletic Patrick Mahomes is. And he was coming back off a off a um, dislocated knee on that game. So, like, just to see him jump up and pass the ball to Hardman in the air was just really impressive. Okay. I agree with that one. I actually like that play a lot. Uh, what are we looking at for number six? Number six, I had the uh, two-point conversion uh, where Patrick Mahomes asked his teammates 
like he looked like Lamar Jackson uh, out there because he was like scrambling around in the backfield and he found a, a receiver in the uh, end zone for the two-point conversion. Um, I really like that play because it just shows like Mahomes more than is more than just a big arm. He can move around in the in the backfield and he can do a lot of different things. Maybe not as good as Lamar Jackson, but you know he definitely has that skill set. Definitely also shows that, you know, he could be a little cocky on the sidelines because, of course, he knows the microphones are out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, <laughs> I love the, uh, you know, his attitude just in general and rather on, when it's off the field and even on the field. I just remember him in the Super Bowl, like, flexing on everybody. And, you know, I kind of like that any player, but he's also pretty humble off the field too. Okay. Okay, I like that. Now we're in the top five. This is where it gets a little tricky. What do you have starting off your uh, top five? I have uh, the all second quarter touchdown passes from uh, Mahomes versus Oakland. Um, I just thought this was really, really huge uh, to begin the season. I mean, Mahomes played really well against the Jaguars week one. But, uh, you know, it was still kind of in question. Like, hey, can Mahomes repeat what he did his first year starting? Can he repeat an MVP type of season? And he came in, you know, and he struggled that first quarter. But then he just lit up Oakland, and, you know, and then it was like, oh, of course, Mahomes is a Denny God, and he can just score at will. So I thought that was just really important to say, like, oh, he isn't just a one-year wonder. He, you know, he's going to be an established quarterback in the league for a long time. Yeah, especially you going into Oakland, you know, like that, that says it all. Not an easy place to play, especially since that was the uh, last year for the Raiders in Oakland. Yeah, yeah it definitely, definitely makes sense. I, I understand the importance and the impact in regards to you uh, putting that as number five. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, number four. Number four, I have the Williams game-clinching touchdown in the Super Bowl. Probably compared to most people, this is pretty low. Um, the reason why I put it low personally is because I felt like at that moment, like I probably shouldn't have been celebrating, but I was already kind of celebrating the Chiefs' Super Bowl win. Um, just because we had the lead and they just had to get a first down. And I had that much faith in Mahomes and the offense to get it done. But uh, I just remember whenever he like officially got that touchdown, I just, I just knew we won the Super Bowl there. And that was such a, like, a moment for me who's been waiting, on, been waiting for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl my whole life. So um, I probably, that's probably a low compared to most people, but I was already kind of celebrating. All right, now we're starting off the top three. What do you have at number three? For number three, I have the Mahomes second quarter second quarter touchdown passes against the Texans in the AFC divisional round. Um, I had this one at number seven or eight or three. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> at number three because like um, I just remember being so excited because I was like, this is the time, you know, this is the year the Chiefs can finally get it done. Mahomes has got playoff experience, and you know, this is our time to time to win. And uh, we just go down 24-0 in the first quarter, and I just remember my heart just sunk. And I, I was, you know, I was in a bad place that moment. I was just shocked. And then next thing I know, the Chiefs have the lead, and I just remember just laughing just because it was like the Chiefs should not be leading going into halftime because of this. And it just shows that no matter what the score is, Mahomes has a chance to get the team back in, back in the game. So I have him, them at number three. Okay, now we're into the final two. What does it look like for you? For number two, I have the Mahomes 27-yard touchdown run against the Titans in the AFC Championship. Um, I think this is going to be a play that is going to be a highlight of Patrick Mahomes' entire career. It's going to be a play that Chiefs fans will never forget. Um, you know, it was the moment when the Chiefs finally made it to the Super Bowl for, to the, Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years. Not, yeah, 50 years. So um, it was really important, and, you know, after that run, I know it was in the second quarter, but I just didn't feel like the Titans were going to be able to come back from that. Like, that was such a gut punch to them, just to have a quarterback run 30 yards on him and, you know, just, you know, break some tackles into the end zone. And I think that's a play that I will personally never forget, and I don't think Chiefs Kingdom will ever forget that moment. Okay, and now number one, I, I feel like this one is uh, – it shouldn't be a surprise, but uh, Mitch, let him know. Number one is Jet Chip Wasp. Uh, kind of like how I uh, talked about the Texans game uh, not too long ago with the Mahomes throwing touchdowns. Uh, I was in a bad spot during that moment. I kind of felt like the Chiefs weren't going to come back to win this game, to win the Super Bowl. 
And then, uh, you know, I just kind of was watching this play like, okay, this is it. And, you know, he completes Jet Chip, Chip Wasp. And, you know, after that completion, I was like, okay, here we go. We can win this. You know, I actually had a lot of confidence that the Chiefs were going to be able to score and then get the ball again and, and win the Super Bowl. So that's going to be my number one. Um, you know, I feel like some people might put that Williams game clinching touchdown at number one because they officially won the Super Bowl. But a piece of me kind of thought the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl after they completed Jet Chip Wasp. And, like, it was just such a pivotal moment in the entire Chiefs season. So that's going to be my number one, and I think that will be my favorite play for years to come. All right. Like I said, really good list. It's so it's so much fun to actually break it down and see, like, which – play mattered the most or which moment mattered the most on offense because reality you can't go wrong with either play so uh this is always the uh the fun breakdown and and realizing how the guys at like you know nfl.com how they go about making the list so mitch that's your list i've already recorded your answers talon you're up what do you have at number 10 beautiful um so for number 10 i'm gonna go with the raiders second quarter touchdown passes uh, very impressive, the fact that it was just all seemed to be lightning in a bottle in that one quarter, and it was just we could do whatever we wanted at the Chiefs' will. So it was just very impressive for me to see that kind of take place in a game where we seemed to be struggling, then all of a sudden the Chiefs seemed to turn it on. It was just very impressive, kind of stands out as just what, how good can this guy be when he wants to be. And it's just that's why I have that at number 10. Not a, not, a, not a great play, but, you know, out of the list, probably the, the least of uh, – impactful to me number nine I'm going to go with did I look like Lamar I, I just in that type of game with the snow and the weather a lot of people a lot of players can, can kind of get down and not really look forward to it. what Patrick Mahomes did in that moment was make that game fun he made it fun he made it like they were in the backyard and it was just it was you know a bunch of kids from the neighborhood getting together on a snowy day playing backyard football that that was his swag for that game seemed to kind of loosen guys up, make it fun for them. So for me, that play really stands out. That's why I have that at number nine. Mm-hmm. And then number eight, I'm going to go to the jump pass to Hardman. Great play. Uh, just the fact that how that game turned out, it was it seemed to be a stumble in the road to the, to the Super Bowl. And I just that, – that, as good as that play was, just the memory of the entire game really kind of bothers me. So I have that fairly low. <clears throat> and then the Marcus Robinson one-handed catch for number seven. I just really enjoyed seeing somebody besides Travis, besides Tyreek, besides Mahomes with his legs or anything like that, or, or even Sammy Watkins. I was excited to see someone that wasn't one of our main players making a play. And it was a game against the Baltimore Ravens early in the season. Nobody really knew how good either one of these teams could be. So it was kind of an early matchup of obviously two of the best teams in the league. But just to see Demarcus Robinson kind of come out of those shadows and, and be the player that everybody had expected him to be, his uh, by by now most of his career, it was just cool to see that. And then for my number six, I have the Damian Williams 91-yard touchdown run against the Vikings. My my thoughts behind this, almost top five for me. I think it's a really cool play, and, and, and for me it means that, you know, without Patrick Mahomes, this, this team can still make explosive plays. You know, you're pinned down deep in your own territory. You don't have your star quarterback. You're playing a really good non-conference team, so you don't know a ton about them. You know, how can we get the ball in our playmakers' hands? Well, those guys are Tyreek, they're Sammy, they're Travis, and you got to rely on Matt Moore for that. And all of a sudden, here comes <laughs> Damian Williams busting through for 91 yards. And, you know, kind of, kind of that feeling of, you know what, it's okay. You know, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, we still have playmakers that will get us through this tough time or, you know, of, of not having him in the lineup. So that that's why I have that fairly high for me. And that's that's where I rank my first five. Okay. No, that's that's definitely a very fair list. I like the breakdown in regards to each one. And uh, I think you've taken a, a little bit of a different approach than the way Mitch went. Mitch went with more of like the impact of the of the moment at, in regards to just the um the actual highlight of the play. So you guys took different routes on it and and it's uh I, I like the results so far. This is looking good. So let's uh, let's get into your top five. Yeah, sounds good to me. So number five, I got the Kelsey McCoy lateral. I, I to me it was I didn't get to see that game in person. I was at another NFL game here in LA. I went to the Buccaneers Rams game that week, um, so I didn't I missed the game, which is a very rare thing for me to miss a Chiefs game. 
So when I, you know, got home and I saw that highlight, it just sticks out to me. It's like, man, that, you know, something I missed, but really cool to see my boys doing work, even though I, you know, superstitiously, I wasn't there for them. So that, that, that's why that play kind of sticks out in my mind. Uh, and then the, the touchdown passes against the Texans in the playoffs, man, that, that, that's my number four. It, it Mitch kind of alluded to it a lot. He, he had a lot of great points about these, these touchdown passes, kind of what it meant for the team. And, you know, so so many times we've seen the Chiefs choke in the playoffs, you know, or, or you know, have plays not go our way. You know, the, the Derek Johnson sack against the Titans, that, that comes to mind, and so many others. And finally, you know, we were, as Chiefs fans, we're kind of in our holes again because it's like, here we go. You know, that we, we just can't do it for whatever reason. All of a sudden, boom, here comes Patrick Mahomes just slinging the rock, and all of a sudden we were blowing the, the Texans out by 30. And it's it was pretty amazing to me to watch. And then number three, I have Jet Chip Wasp. Great play. Definitely that the Bill Walsh, Joe Montana drawn in the dirt type of thing where it's just memorable for that franchise. Or, you know, more recently, the I forget the name of the play, but the the, the reverse pass for the for the Eagles, the whatever that one was. But Philly Special. Philly yes, Special, thank you. yes. Thank you, Philly Special. <laughs> I knew it had some sort of, you know, hook to it. Um but yeah, so something like that. You know, our organization before it was you know twenty five toss power trap. Well, of course that's a little outdated. So now we have Jet Chip, Chip Wasp to throw in there, and it's a you know kind of a little bit more swaggier to it. So my number two has to be. It's actually Mitch's number. No, I'm sorry. I don't I forget what I said. No, my number two is Williams Super Bowl clinching run. To me, that play obviously. I mean, it's in the title. It clinched our Super Bowl. It clinched us being the world champions for the first time in 50 years. For most of us, the first time we ever got to witness it, it was it was the monkey, the metaphorical, you know, weights being lifted off everybody's shoulders, and it was finally time to celebrate. So that, that, that to me is number two. Number one, Mahomes' 27-yard run against the, against the uh, Texans. This was the moment where I – it was in my brain. We are going to be Super Bowl champions. This was the moment where I was, it, it, I don't want to say dawned on me, but really sunk in where we have a guy now that will not let us lose. We have someone who can make a play no matter the situation, no matter the score, no matter the way the team is playing. We have someone who can give us that spark and we have that guy that we've been waiting for our entire lives. So for me, that moment is definitely the one that stands out the most out of this list. Okay, guys, I like the fact that the lists are very different. And um, it's, it was uh, – I'm just matching it up against the official ranking list from the Chiefs themselves. And it, it's going to be – I don't know if you guys might be a little surprised by the rankings, but remember where you have your placements. And feel free to jump in if you, 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 you're kind of thrown off by the way the uh, – the experts at NFL.com, how they have it ranked, okay? So feel free to just jump in as I'm going down the list. You guys ready? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Number 10, once again, this is according to NFL.com, Kansas City Chiefs website. The two-point conversion against the Broncos in the snow at Arrowhead Stadium when Patrick Mahomes asked teammates if he looked like Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. That's number 10. I think nobody. I see it. it. Oh, you see it? Yeah, I see it. I mean, like, it was a good play. You know, that's kind of how I went with things. Um, I thought it was a little bit more important because it just showed, like, hey, how athletic Patrick Mahomes is. Like, he can move around in in backfield, too, like Lamar. Maybe not as good, but uh, I see it. I can see why they put it at number 10. Yeah, totally agree. I had it number nine, so not much higher. So, yeah, I can see it. And it was funny because I'm listening to it, and Talon, I heard the way you had it set up. If you would have had it flipped, you would have had it correct 100% because number nine was the uh, Oakland Raiders game in the second quarter touchdown passes from Mahomes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you was like, you were there. You know, it just if you had those flipped, you would have had it right there. <laughs> I'll be darned. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's number nine. Uh, number eight. Now, this one was interesting. Damian Williams' 91-yard touchdown run. Um, Mitch, I believe you had that as your number 10. Yep. Um, I, I just think it's a good play. Like, I mean, I think that's more credit to the offensive lineman on that play because there was just such a big hole for Damian. Like, 
there's no way he wasn't going to score on that play. This is true. And uh, Talon, um, where did you originally have that again? So the Damian Williams, 91 yard, I had it number six. Yeah. See, so it's, it's like, I was just thinking when I first saw this play, I was saying it could go several places because a 91 yard touchdown run from scrimmage is impressive. You know, so I get why it could be higher. But at the same time, it was, you know, a game against the Vikings during the regular season. How would it rank out? Number eight is where the uh, Chiefs put it themselves. So we'll go with that. Uh, number seven, this one, Talon, you got correct all the way. Demarcus Robinson's one-handed touchdown catch against the Ravens. That is number seven. Yeah, yeah, I like that placement. Mitch, um, where did you have that again? Um, shoot, I actually accidentally out of my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll double check. Actually, I mean kind of uh it was at least above five so um it was a good play kind of like i've done with the other ones i put all the flashy plays near near the bottom so you were there but you were in the you were in the ballpark you know that's yeah, like i said it's, it's hard to be exact but you were definitely in the ballpark with that one so uh talent you you got the points with that and number six the hook and lateral play by travis kelsey and Lashawn mccoy that one uh, was a little – it could have gone either way also. It was very flashy. Almost made the top five. You guys agree with that? Yeah, I, I do. I kind of like that. I had it at five, so I, it, it did barely crack my top five. But I think the reason it stands out, in my head anyway, is because the Chiefs have always kind of been the, the methodical team, the, the traditional runner down your throat, play good defense team. And then but here more recently, I feel like – we're kind of getting a little swag. We're, we're getting a little bit more, I don't want to say loose with the ball, but a little bit more lenient with our, with our playmaking ability and our play calling. And, you know, I think Andy Reid swag and, and uh, Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes, they all kind of brought that culture. And of course, Travis Kelsey. And just to see a guy like that with trust in his guy to just to, to make a play like that, even though it didn't get like a, you know, a, a touchdown or anything, it was just, it was fun to see our guys out there doing everything they could to get us every inch. I guess for me, I just think it's it was unneeded because like we would have like you know Kelsey would have completed the pass, he would have caught it, and you know it would have been a first down, and then you know I feel like they still would have they would have went down and scored anyway. So I just felt like it was unneeded. I mean, I like the play; like it's definitely one of my favorite highlights of the Chiefs this season. But uh, I ranked it kind of lower just because I didn't think it was needed. It wasn't an impactful moment on the season. And like I said, I agree with both of you guys. And, you know, number six is like right there in the middle. I kind of had it in my mind as probably a, a seven or even eight. So it's a, it was like an interesting spot right there. But now we're getting into the top five. And at number five, we got Mahomes jump pass to McCole Hardman, in which Hardman runs away from the Titans' defense. Seems like no, yeah. uh, no disagreement with that one. Yeah, seems about right. <laughs> All right. Number four, Damian Williams' game-clinching touchdown run against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for me, it's a little low. I mean, I, I, think I think most people would probably have that as number one just because it, it did clinch the Super Bowl. I had a number two. I, I, to have it four, I, don't know, I know that's not a huge jump, but to me it just seems pretty low. That was, that was a very big play, and it'll be one of the most replayed – I got that. I got that one right at number four. Kind of like I just kind of feel like the game was already won, so I uh, I was already celebrating, and you know it was a good play, but like we just needed the first down to win the Super Bowl. So yeah, that's that's that is true. That is very true, actually. Like I said, this is where it gets tough. You know, it can go either way. You guys made very valid points on it, and even when you look at number three on the list. This was the four – these were the, uh, the touchdown passes by Mahomes against the Texas in the AFC Divisional Playoff game. Mitch, you also got that one. Two, two in a row. <laughs> Coming through in the clutch. <laughs> Always. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's where it gets tough. So, number three, we're okay with that. I know, Talon, you didn't get it, but are you okay with that? At, yeah, at no, I, I, yeah, I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Okay, now here we go to top two. 
Number two, according to the Chiefs and NFL.com, it is the Mahomes 27-yard touchdown run that gave the Chiefs the lead in the AFC title game. Mitch, you also got that one. On a roll. <laughs> so that could only leave one, one guess, and that is a jet chip, um, jet chip wasp as number one. And I, I, I want to start the discussion with this because, Mitch, you were thinking along the same lines I had, where it's like it was such an iconic play where they're probably going to talk about it for years and years uh, about this Super Bowl. That's why I saw it as number one. Now, Talon, you brought up a very good point because you, you kind of made up the, you know, the thing with the whole Philly special and, you know, was it really that much of an impact? So knowing that it's number one, Talon, how do you feel about that play again? I mean, I, it was a great play. It was a huge moment in, in the game. I just think as it, it, it has that hook to it, that, that hook, line, and sinker, that tagline, the jet chip wasp. It's just one of those things where you hear it, you know what it is. You know, when you look back at 25 toss power trap, that point in the game, I mean, we, we blew them out. It wasn't even that good of a game. And we were driving and we never really had an issue. It just, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's as good of a play as it was. We've seen that kind of thing before. So it really wasn't that surprising to see it in the Super Bowl. It's surprising just because we're in the Super Bowl. That part's surprising. But we've seen that. We've seen Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, and we've seen our offense do that, you know, a good handful of times, not just this season, but Mahomes' entire career. So I just feel like there are other kind of more impactful in my eyes. I'm definitely not, you know, I, I know there are obviously tons of opinions out there, but I definitely think that Jet Chip Wasp, when you kind of hone in on it and, and put a microscope over it, might not be as as big as it appears to be. So I agree with you that maybe the – the play like individually isn't that big or like, you know, you know, much different from what we've seen for the last two years, but just because of the impact it had on the game, like if they don't complete that pass, the chiefs probably don't win the super bowl. So I just think that's why it makes a number one, because it's so important. Like if that pass isn't completed, nothing else in the season even mattered because they want to have won the super bowl. Yeah, that no, that's 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 very true. That's it. That those are solid points, and um, you know, I, I I do enjoy the fact that obviously that play set us set us up to do everything else. Um, so it's hard for me to argue, you know, the importance of that play because I you said you said it very well that if that doesn't happen, then nothing else really does matter. So I can definitely see why it could be number one, why it should even be number one. Um, so yeah, I, I, this this is a fun discussion. I've I've kind of liked to see where you know different people find these and, and where they would rank them. I like this. Yeah, like I said, it's a it's always you know your opinion in regards to how you looked at the season, how you looked at each play. Uh, it's it's the Chiefs' offense. You could have a million plays that weren't even in the top ten that should have been on this list. So it's uh it's one of those things. Um, they also have another one for the defense. We'll probably address that next week. But, uh, guys, I want to thank you for your uh, opinions on it. And if you want to see the actual video for it, it will have it up on the website later, breaking down the top 10 offensive plays as voted by the Chiefs and or from NFL.com. So, guys, thank you again. And um, until next week. Chiefs will go for two, leading 21-3. to three. Mahomes holding it under pressure, pump faking, moving to his right, trying to keep the play alive. Keeps it alive and finds in the impact of the end zone for two points. What, did I look like Lamar? Yeah, was that Duke? That's, that's as close as I can get right there. Mahomes throwing left, wide open to Marcus Robinson. Inside the five, touchdown! Mahomes deep. He wants McCall Hardman in the end zone. Touchdown! He's got it in the end zone. And the Chiefs have four consecutive touchdowns. Damian Williams. And off, cuts it back right across the 15, 20, 25, 30. Damian Williams at the 40. He's in midfield. It's a race. He's at the 30, 25, 20. It's a race. He will win. Touchdown run against this vaunted Viking rush defense. Play action fake. Here comes a blitzer. Fake pattern to the near side and it is caught by Robinson. Touchdown! Kansas City! An incredible one-handed catch by
by Demarcus Robinson on a deep corner route of 18 yards. And the Chiefs strike gold in the golden zone. Second down and 12 at the Lion 46. Mahomes again being chased, trying to keep the play alive. Throws it sidearm. He's got Kelsey, flips it off to Shady McCoy. 20 inside the 15. And the Chiefs rugby team gets a gain of 32 yards. And all of the ruggers in the Chiefs kingdom celebrate. Three eligible left. Staying in the block is Demarcus Robinson. Now Mahomes goes off his back foot cut. McCall Hardman at the 40. Foot race 30. See you later. McCall Hardman outruns the entire Titan Nation. Touchdown, Kansas City. Mahomes under pressure off his back foot. And then the 100-meter dash by McCall Hardman getting the gold medal. Hand off. Damian Williams trying to get to the edge. Breaks a tackle. 35-30. Damian Williams, 20. Stays in bounds. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. Damian Williams runs to immortality and will be remembered forever in the Chiefs kingdom. 10.54 to go in the first half. And it's 24 to nothing, Houston. Middle blitz picked up. Left side throw. Caught. 10-5. Touchdown. Steps up. Being pressured. Fires it late. Caught. Kelsey dies. Mahomes holding it. Holding it. Now fires it late. Kelsey gets into the end zone. He's going to try to hold it. Throws it late. It's caught. Touchdown. The Chiefs take the lead in lightning fashion. Williams shades that same way. Three-man rush again by Tennessee. Mahomes moving to his left laterally. Chased. Holding it. And gets out of bounds and up the sideline. He's not out of bounds yet. He's at the 10. Inside the 10, he dives for the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Maybe the best play yet of Patrick Mahomes' incredible young career. Third and 15 for the Chiefs from their own 35. Do we have time to run Walsh? Hey, triple, triple, gun, straight right. Three dead chip, Walsh, wide funnel. Here they come, Mahomes stepping up. He's throwing long downfield for Tyreek Hill. Got it at the 20-yard line. The first giant chunk of the game on third down and 15. And Mahomes guns it for 44 yards. Our special guest this week is a 25-season veteran of the NFL. He spent two seasons in Kansas City playing for the Chiefs. And he is the second full-time place kicker in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We are honored to be joined by Morton Anderson as he shares his thoughts on his time in Kansas City as well as kicking in the NFL today. I do want to say thank you for taking the time to uh, speak with us. And uh, yeah. just, uh, you know, it, you know, having you on as a Pro Football Hall of Famer, it is an honor for you to uh, take the time. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. And uh, I just want to get started off by asking you, uh, what inspired you to pursue a career in football? I think sports has been part of my life since I was five years old. So I don't think it was necessarily a, a decision. I think it was a gradual progression of, of the love of sport. And it didn't start with football. You know, it started with team handball and soccer, gymnastics. And so I was quite involved in those three sports back in Denmark where I grew up. And then when I came to America on my 17th birthday, that's when I got introduced to the game of football which was completely foreign to me. I didn't know the rules. I didn't even know the ball wasn't round. So there were a few surprises, you know, when I was introduced to this game and asked to kick it, kick a football, which I talk about a little bit in my uh, Hall of Fame speech. If you have a chance, maybe on YouTube, if you have 19 minutes and 33 seconds, Google that. Mm -hmm. If you haven't already done that. So it kind of explains my whole, the whole evolution, the whole, with a little bit of humor thrown in, you know, uh, about my immigrant perspective of, of this introduction to this new game. And I think one of the reasons I had, um, you know, some success really was the fact that I didn't grow up with the game. I didn't grow up with any uh, preconceived expectations of being great at this game, or like, you know, some of these young guys now. The protégés, they, they are they're molded at a very early age to become, you know, great pro players. And that was never really my intention. My intention was to stay in this country for 10 months as an exchange student and go back home, finish my education in Denmark. But because of the game of football, because I was introduced to it by an enthusiastic head coach and because I had great teammates and 
because we were at a very big school, who we were really good. We went all the way to the state semifinals, you know, won 11 games, lost the last game of the season. People started taking notice. So I was, you know, not only I was in the right place at the right time, but surrounded by people that were really good, good coaches and good players and a good environment. And then I excelled very quickly at it. You know, because everybody else were great. So I, I was like, well, I can't be shitty. You know, I can't be, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go. You know, I can't embarrass the team. So it was a very quick learning curve, but, um, you know, it worked out. And uh, then I was off to college. So the sport really fell in my lap and then I just embraced it. But it was, I think, mostly because of the relationships that I encountered initially. Had it, had it not been a good experience from the start, I think I would have dropped the sport and, and played, you know, and gone into gymnastics or track and field, which I did. I did, you know, in high school, I was a gymnast in Indianapolis in the winter after football season, and I did run track and field in the spring. And they didn't have a soccer team, so that was part of the reason I, you know, I didn't have any options in the fall, really. I, I didn't know how to play basketball, so I had never played. That, that's not a Danish sport. <laughs> You're not going to see Denmark in the Olympics in basketball. <laughs> you know? Possible. So, <laughs> I don't think so, man. <laughs> Maybe in badminton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I definitely, uh, I definitely hear that. I just find it very interesting that you were saying how you didn't really have the initial desire to play uh, football here. Uh, what kept you motivated to to play uh, twenty five seasons in the NFL? So that you know that became now it became a career, and, and so when I f was fortunate enough to get an opportunity and be drafted in the fourth round, then the game changed because now it was a career and. I realized, hey, what's my staying power? That's my performance. Let me get as good as I can. And, and I'm, you know, human beings are vain, vain individuals most of the time. We like, to, we like to be good at what we do, I think. I was, and I was a competitive guy from a very young age. So to me, it was this challenge of embracing this new game and becoming the best at it. You know, let me be the best at my position that I ever played. Well, let me at least try, and then let me let certain people can judge, you know, after it's all done. It was not about, oh, I want to play 25 years. It was about, hey, I'm going to fasten my seatbelt, and I'm going to see how long I can play. And, I mean, it was almost over in the beginning, quite honestly. I had a, a, a miserable first year in the league I mean I, I got hurt on the opening kickoff my very first kick I got hurt I was out for eight weeks I had a terrible preseason I couldn't hit anything I think it was like three for 12 four for 12 something terrible so I'm sure that you know the coaching staff was going holy fish did we make a mistake with this guy in the fourth round you know and then we had a player strike in 82 you you're too long, you're too young, but you know I went through two players strike in '82 and '87. '82 we went on strike to get pensions and benefits for that everybody's enjoying now. That means there was work stoppage for uh, I want to say almost three months. And then in '87 we went on strike again for uh, free agency, which is a huge deal now. I mean everybody's getting paid big bucks because of because they're allowed to move from team to team. In the, before 87, you weren't allowed to l move. The team owned you in perpetuity. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, it's a very interesting time. I've I, I read the stories back in the day, but for you to have to, uh, to go through that, uh, you know, yeah. it's uh, amazing, yeah. And so... I think that toughened you up too, you know, and that kind of made you resilient and stubborn. And I think those are traits you got to have to be a successful NFL player. If you want to play at the highest level, you know, I watched the whole Jordan documentary and he was a stubborn son of a gun, right? Uh. <laughs> he wasn't very, he wasn't very likable. 
you know he wasn't very uh he didn't compromise his standards he was like hey get on my train or get off it you know uh and i kind of felt the same way like if i didn't have teammates around me that made me better i i i, I bitched and complained about it you know i try to make them better but you know, your team gets better by getting better players or the players they have better. Those are the two choices you have. And I wanted to win, you know, and we didn't win for a while in New Orleans. And then we started winning. And we won more than any other team in the late 80s. Uh, we didn't go deep in the playoffs, but we won more games than anybody in a five-year span. Even more than the 49ers and the Bears and the Giants. <clears throat> but... uh I don't know if I answered your question. You know, you learn about me. You give me a question, I'll I'll talk for ten minutes. You're just gonna have just gonna have to go back and decipher what you can use. <laughs> it's all great. Like I said, just to hear all your stories and um your perspective on everything is is really what we're looking for. And uh, obviously, you know, with us being covering the Chiefs, I yeah. do have to ask you about your two seasons in Kansas City. Yeah, uh, you actually made uh, a game-winning field goal on your first uh, game uh, officially. Oh, it was the wildest game I've ever played in <laughs> against the Cleveland Browns. It was a high-scoring game. Yes. Um, did you watch the game? Were you? Were you? I don't know how old you are. I, I do remember the game. I definitely. I didn't get a chance to watch it. But I do remember watching the highlights back then. It was. We were in Cleveland. It was the new stadium. I think it might have been one of the first if not the first season of that stadium, or it was close to being that. And I remember it was hot, you know, very hot there and, uh, in, in September and uh, back and forth, back and forth. And then that crazy penalty against Rudd, the, the Cleveland defensive end who thought he sacked Trent Green through his helmet and then our guy uh, Tate you know, green through the ball to an eligible offensive lineman who scampered down the sideline, finally got tackled, and then 15 yards for unsportsmanlike was tagged on. Game can't end on a defensive penalty. One more untimed play with 0-0-0 on the clock, and we're down by, I think we were actually trailing by two points, or it was tied or something. It was, you know, it was, it was a game winner. And, uh, yeah, and just being able to put it through. And uh, I have a picture in my office where the whole team kind of has, has me lifted up. Eric Hicks got me uh, by the knees and my, my junk's right in his face. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know if Eric envisioned that. I, I don't think that was his intention. <laughs> I got this picture of just uh, pure joy by all the teammates. And I'm up there, you know, with my big oversized bobblehead helmet on. <laughs> it was funny, man. It's uh, it's definitely a, a classic moment in Chiefs history, and it's just it's just so yeah. interesting that it was your first game. Um, yeah. I, I do have to follow up and uh, ask you just what were your thoughts on the the atmosphere playing in Arrowhead Stadium? <laughs> so the way I best I best can describe that actually was when I was with the New York Football Giants um, on September tenth. On uh, sorry, on uh, the week. We didn't play football after 9-11, and then we played the following week, and we had to go to Arrowhead, the Giants did, to play the Chiefs. And it's the only game in 25 years where I was on the visiting side where the home fans gave the visiting team a standing ovation. So imagine as, as you're running into Arrowhead Stadium, 80,000 Chiefs fans stood up, and for like minutes – you know, applauded. It was, ooh, it was very powerful, man. Uh, that, is, that is amazing. This was obviously right after 9-11. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we experienced 9-11. We had played Denver on Monday night and came back that morning at 6 a.m. and then all hell broke loose around 9 o'clock in Manhattan and Pentagon and so forth. We actually... Uh, I was told later our United flight was parked next to flight 93 that went down in Pennsylvania. So we landed and that plane was, you know, sitting there ready to leave and, uh, you know, in New Jersey, Newark airport. But um, so to best describe Chiefs fans would be that game, 
And then, of course, being on the home side, it was fantastic and driving. You know, when you drove to the game, I lived in Mission Hills, which was about a 20-minute drive to the stadium, just surface roads, you know, and I just took my time and um, from the plaza and through there and out to the stadium. And you could see, you know, from quite a ways out, you could see smoke, you know, and you go, oh, yeah, that's Arrowhead, you know, and you start smelling the barbecue, you know. And then as you uh, got closer, there would be like a gauntlet of fans welcoming you through, you know, all the way up to the stadium. It was just, uh, yeah, very, very unique, uh, you know, situation. And uh, the fans and how they were with that football team. Because, you know, Kansas City is kind of a – you got the Royals, you know, and you have the MLS team. And then you have Kansas basketball, right? <laughs> you, you know, yeah. But um, it's the Chiefs, you know. So I was, yeah. It, it was great to see them win the the big game for sure, man. Because I knew that how much that meant and how long that had been. What fifty years since they won the last one with Stenerud and yes, and Lynn Dawson. They beat the when did they beat the Vikings or. Can't remember. No, I, I definitely and I, I appreciate you know your view on that. And uh, before we before we let you go, I, I have to ask, uh, what are your thoughts on Harrison Butker, the, the current uh, kicker for the Chiefs, and yeah. also are uh, your thoughts on the way the NFL? Um, it it seems like the the kicker position has been like like switched around a lot in regards to in, in, in during the season, there's a lot of changes. There isn't that consistent one kicker for per team. Like back when you played, it just seems like they kind of just do a kicker every other week, depending on the performance. Yeah. They're really quick to pull the trigger on that position for some reason. I think it's a great luxury and you have to be really smart about your personnel. People have to understand that that's points on the board. You know what I mean? And so to uh, Harrison Butker is unbelievable. I met him at Georgia Tech, talked to him and his dad for a little bit, and he, he's going to be around for a long time. He, he's a weapon. And, and so to, they have to understand that. Personnel people have to understand that's points on the board. And if you keep playing Russian roulette, if you keep playing like, okay, flavor of the week on that position, you're not going to have any stability there, you know, so – the Chiefs have stability. I don't know why they got rid of Colquitt. That was a shock to me. Money, I guess. Completely understand. Uh, Morton, thank you. Hey, thanks, Ed. And we'll get back together again if you want. It was a pleasure meeting you. For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time. Mm-hmm.